Would you believe it? Welcome to episode 30 of the Piggy Bastards podcast. The podcast yeah, where Fran is wrong and Fran is also wrong. Welcome to yeah, Matt. Okay. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. How I'm is, as well. how is the lockdown, right. how's the lockdown beard growth going, Matt? Hipster uh, or mountain man? I, I actually had a trim yesterday, so it's, uh, I'm looking pretty sharp at the moment. Back to hipster. If I do then, say basically. so myself, yeah. yeah. And Fran, I've never seen sharp. Hi, how are you doing? I'm not wrong, but okay. You are always wrong. Uh, hipster okay. or mountain man then? Which was the beard status currently? Um, I can't stop touching my face, so I keep shaving it, thinking that might make me stop touching my face, but then I continue to touch the stubble instead of the, so instead it makes of the beard. So no difference then? Yeah, so I'm just going to touch, just going to give up and touch my face. Okay, go for it. Touching my face right now, actually. <laughs> Don't take my advice, people, but I'm touching my face. That's probably, yeah, that's probably good advice to avoid, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, today we are going to discuss five new albums, and the albums are Porridge Radio's Every Bad, Childish Gambino's 31520, Brooke Bentham's Everyday Nothing, Jesse Ray's, is it? Before Love Came to Kill Us, and the classic is Neil Young's Harvest. And I will be discussing why I love the horrors with a playlist. I have a couple of extremely sensible questions to ask. Terrible questions. Ask <laughs> Matt. I'll start, though, I think, with Matt's question first. This is your very sensible question. Which track, Matt, had the best lyric, and what was it? I think, I think these are good questions, but you just you purposely gave them to the opposite people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really did. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Because I don't really listen to music for lyrics. I listen for the way it makes me feel. And That's so this perfect. was really hard. It's you don't listen to music well. for lyrics? No. It's always I'm... been that way. Like, Get off this podcast. You're, you're a book boy. I, I, <laughs> you like the words. If it yeah, has like good lyrics, if book it has boy. good lyrics... I, I'm wow. I'm in it, but I now understand why you like some of the shit bands you like. Yeah, I can yeah. see that as well. That really does sell you short, man. I'm afraid not to like lyrics at I, all. Come on. I I do like lyrics. I just they're not first and foremost. I have to dig, um, and so I struggled with this, but Good. I went with probably the most overt lyrics, um, and that's with Porridge Radio, Every Bad. Okay. Um, and I specifically pulling out. Um, Lilac, and um, they have this uh, like all of their lyrics. It seems they repeat over and over again, so it's not mm. hard for me. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> it's at your lyrical level, is what you're basically saying. There's about seven <laughs> lyrics in each song, so yeah. yeah. But I think I really appreciate the sentiment behind one one set of lyric, which is "I don't want to get bitter. I want us to get better. I want us uh, to be kinder um, to ourselves and, and to each other." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't write down... his most memorable lyric in the whole set of albums. I didn't write down the whole thing, but I knew it. He um, just left the last sentence off. <laughs> yeah. Just put three dots in his head, did you? Um, but I, yeah, I really like the sentiment behind this, and um, I think it's interesting the way they use lyrics in this. Like initially, the first pass, I did actually find it kind of annoying the repetitive nature, but then mm. they became almost. Um, chance in these songs to really drive home uh key points and i also think that um the way they say them changes over over throughout the song even though it is repeating um, and it becomes different and uh there's a different tone 
And so in this case, it felt like it started off as like a desperate plea. And then it ended more euphoric. Um, and so that I kind of uh, liked a lot. Um, and generally, I liked this album. Um, it has a lot of the, the best parts, I think, of like indie rock. You've got like some pretty uh, like addictive riffs. It's quite simple and accessible, like me. Um, and <laughs> it has uh, emotional touch points, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't go too deep. Um, and then I the the other part I really like is just this kind of toing and throwing, uh, specifically mm. between like the the main vocalist and the backing vocalist. I think it adds a lot of uh, dimensions to what could be some pretty uh, straightforward songs. It adds an extra level to them. Um, and then they also they play with tempo a little bit, so there's a lot of um, uh, stop starting and getting fast and heavy, and then having these quiet, spacious moments. Um, I think uh, "Sweet" is a good example of that. Um, but all all in all, it was yeah. There's a di- kind of a range of different styles of songs, but they I think they're all held together quite nicely. They have a a coherent style. Um, that said, uh, when I first listened to this album, I absolutely loved it. And mm. over time, it became a like. Um, I think that's because it is a bit more simple. Um, they became just a little uh, dull. But it's probably the one I listened to more than any other on the uh, playlist. Okay, wow. All right, Matt. Uh, Fran, what do you reckon? Um, so a lot of what Matt said similar to what I'm going to say but um, slightly different in respect that for me I was really into this record straight away and that kind of bothered me a little bit I was I was worried because usually when I fall in love with an album it's an album that's grown on me um, mm, I totally see so that weirdly, I've had that happen to me before many times yeah, yeah. and so I, I was thinking what's going to put me off and you know because because of that I started looking for what might be problems with the album and um, Matt's just talked about the repetitiveness um, and that did at first bother me a little bit um, I think there's a lot of songs on this album that rely on very few words repeated again and again but in the end I don't think that is a problem I think it makes the music really hypnotic I think yeah. the singer Donna Margolin name is is just incredibly captivating I love the way she can sort of switch from a whisper to a snarl really quickly and I think she really knows, it's a bit similar to what you were saying, Matt, about how it changes the way she says things. I think she really knows how to draw you into a song. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, again, similar to something Matt just said that I found really fascinating was the way they use her vocals and the instrumentation as a kind of call and response rather than being melded together. So there'll be really quiet spoken word sections with really bare instrument, instrumentation and then just suddenly a cacophony of noise from the rest of the band. And then they just sort of, they meld together as the song goes on, which I thought was really clever. I think Sweet, which also Matt mentioned, is probably the best example of that. And I think one of the best songs here. I also really liked Long, I liked Lilac, and I really liked Give Take. I think her droll vocal performance on that last one's amazing. Um, And yeah, I really like the song Don't Ask Me Twice as well. And the question Nick's about to ask me is related to tone and uh, the tone on that song was fantastic for the crunchy guitars at the start are really, really, really good. So yeah, I really like this album a lot. Um, I've, I've bought it on record. Um, oh, so wow. yeah, big fan. Okay. In the end. Cool. 
So, um, despite Matt's admission that he's inept when it comes to knowing anything about lyrics, I'm still shocked to discover that he put Porridge Radio as his best lyric out of these albums, uh, given the selection we have. This is shockingly weak lyrically. It's unbelievable. And I know you've all talked <laughs> no, about you both talked totally about the repetition. I know you both talked about repetition and the tone and the sort of change in her tone, which I thought was not as impressive as I've heard from many other people before. But I'd just like to see if you can guess how many times she says, thank you for making me happy in Born Confused. The song. <laughs> can you guess? Because I, I took the trouble to actually sit there and count them in my rage. Fucking okay, hell, lockdown was really... Uh, Did you say really 35, up, yeah, Matt? Yeah. Wow, 36 times. That's almost yeah. called it. 36 <laughs> repetitions of one freaking line. And in Lilac... That that it phrase changes. you just that phrase you just um, referred to that that phrase you just candidly didn't quote correctly, Matt. <laughs> on Lilac was actually repeated for over two minutes of of, a, of a one song. I mean, it's astonishing that she can get away with it. Frankly, I think <laughs> I think the, um, the the tonal changes, as I mentioned, are not that impressive. I mean, I think she she sings reasonably well, but it's not enough difference to carry that that amount of repetition, which just becomes grating. So. I, I will say that my first early listens, I found it fairly annoying. And then as it went on, I found it incredibly annoying. So um, <laughs> it was, it's just a lyrical nightmare. I think musically it, it was decent. Uh, it was okay. I think I, I probably could have enjoyed it if it hadn't been for that massive sort of hurdle I had to get over to get to that. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think the impression I have is that, she, is that she thinks that the words she's saying are incredibly important. There's a lot of weight on each individual phrase. Um, and some of the phrasing is, is interesting, but again, I don't think thank you for making me happy is, is enough weight in that phrase to be worth listening to that phrase. Repetition. But it's the context of the song and the way in which she's saying it and the sort of, um, you know, I think a lot of it, I don't think that she does put a lot of weight or importance. I think there's a lot of sarcasm in her delivery and in her vocals. And I think the, the, the point of the what thank you for making me happy, I think it's it's quite well done. I think it, um, I don't mind that it's there 36 times. I could have probably done another 12 times quite happily. <laughs> So. <laughs> but not 13 times that would have crossed the line is no, it? that would have been too yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so yeah that's all I've got to say on Project Radio I was, I was, did you um, read um, Pete, Pete's review on I did. Bastard's website I, did, I think yeah. you and him would be uh, in agreement there yeah I did he yeah. hated it didn't it I didn't really like publishing that because I, I scheduled that review and I didn't really like doing it because I really uh, really liked the album but, uh, <laughs> no I thought it was it's not, it's not all about yeah. me yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's podcast good to balance it out yeah yeah uh, yeah. Two out of three, yeah. then basically. Yeah, so not too bad, I suppose, for them. Okay. So when so... Matt, when Nick said I was wrong at the start, it's two to one here, which means you're wrong. So I'm not yeah. sure if maths equates to whether you're right or wrong. Really, basically, you're both wrong. It's quite clear. Okay, so Fran, sensible <laughs> question for you. Are you ready? This which question. Which <laughs> which track had the best guitar, bass, or synth tone? Please describe it in three words or less. So what I did with this question was I uh, I picked my favourite lyrics, which were from um, Porridge Radio. Every- no, I didn't really. Oh. Um, so yeah, honestly, when you first asked me this question, Nick, I, I was I was pretty annoyed. Um, <laughs> well, that worked then. Like what Matt said, as as much as tone can be important to me, once I know an artist, once I'm already invested in an album, it's it's rarely something that's sort of at the forefront of my mind when I'm getting to know an album. I think it probably plays into it without me really noticing it, but. Yeah, um, but actually, to be fair to you, when I started to listen with that in mind, it was quite a, an interesting exercise. Oh, okay. um, I'd been enjoying the Porridge Radio album, so I initially thought that that would probably be where I would choose that from, and it was that song I mentioned earlier, which I've now forgotten the name of. 
Um, but <laughs> um, but in the end, it was actually from the Jesse Reyes album before Love Came to Kill Us. Um, and obviously it's going to be guitar tones because that's all I can really be asked to think about. Um, <laughs> wow. I wasn't so even going to try and think of a fucking synth tone. Um, Could you just think from the other, I wonder? I wouldn't know what a synth tone is. I mean, the, the tones I picked out that I'm saying guitar could be anything, to be honest. It might be a drum. I don't know. Um, Jesus Christ. What a professional. But, but yeah, it could be... Um, so there's two songs for me that I could have gone with here and they were next to each other on the album so the guitar tone on intruders which i've gone with the words smooth and gentle for you nick that's um, only two words i'm sorry oh, said three words or less. okay said right. three words or less all right fair enough I'll let you and also it. and smooth and gentle that's three <laughs> words um and then the clipped and high-pitched guitar tone on the next song coffin um i thought were great um and I was already really enjoying this album before I started thinking of it in this light, but paying particular attention to the tone actually really made me think about why I was enjoying it so much. Um, now, obviously, it's an R&B album, but the more time I spent with it, the more I started to see the associations it has with folk music, a genre which I'm, a genre which I'm much more familiar with. Um, I think a lot of the, song, the best songs here are built in, in similar ways to folk songs. Um, the two I mentioned earlier, Intruding the Coffins, are two of my favourite. Um, I also really love Imported and Killers. And I think with uh, with a few little tweaks, they could be be folk songs. But it it wasn't only those gentle, slower songs that I enjoyed. I liked the whole thing. Um, I even got into Dope in the end, which I would say is pretty much a club track. Um, and at first, I I didn't know what was going on, and Kirsten came and looked at me weirdly when I was playing it. Um, but <laughs> I really got into it. Um, I think the instrumentation across the piece is really good. I think her voice is great, and I think she uses auto tune but not all the time, and when she does use it, it is quite well used. Um, so yeah, I was I was quite a big fan of this album, which I really didn't expect um, mm. at first. And in the end, actually, I think I probably enjoyed it most on this list. Mm. Okay. Well, first of all, you're welcome, because I've obviously introduced you to the concept of tone, in the, in the, basically in that one question. So <laughs> yeah, well done. Congratulations. Um, yeah, okay, so Matt, why don't you go next? Um, yeah, I, I like this a lot, but, uh, so I picked this because I really loved her previous two EPs. Um, and so after loving her previous two EPs, I actually was a little bit disappointed with this album. I think, uh, it's really interesting you pick up on kind of the folky aspect because mm. thinking about it now, yeah, I totally uh, see that, but I think it actually at times detracts sometimes away from her strengths um i uh think she is best when she's really going for it and she has this uh, amazing voice um and some of the quieter songs and some of the more sparing songs don't necessarily play to that um that said like some yeah some of the songs that have a kind of uh uh, more folky structure which are focused on showcasing her voice more um, like figures um, are some of her best um, I, I guess for me the best songs on this are imported and figures and th- this is why it's disappointing because they're actually from her previous EPs. Yeah I read that yeah yeah so I'd never heard of her so that didn't, obviously didn't bother me but um, I think a lot of the, a few of the songs are from previous EPs right? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I was really excited to see her do a bunch of new music. I think she's hugely talented, and um, she she's supporting like Billie Eilish on her stadium tour. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So like, she's massive. Um, but I, yeah. So the fact that she didn't have a whole album of new music. But I guess it is her first really big album anyway, so it, I guess it it makes sense that she... Which songs did songs. you pick out there? Was it in, did you say Imported was one of the... Imported ones? and fig- Figures. Yeah, see, if she hadn't put that on the album, I think it would be really lacking because it's um it's a great song, that, so... Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's a lot I do really like about this. Like, the way it starts, um, it's so bold. Uh, mm. I almost picked favorite lyrics from here just because she can be so abrasive and um, quite funny at the same time. Yeah. See, I really um, expected you to, so I was a bit worried about the fact that I'd pick the tone there because I expected you to pick the lyrics here as well. But uh, yeah, but I would, I would have just gone straight from figures. Figures is one of my, I one of my favorite songs of the years, year it came out in like twenty seventeen. So I would have probably picked that. But the way the album starts with just I should have fucked your friends yeah. um, is fantastic. Um and really sets the, the tone for the album. Mm. Um but yeah, I I I was uh I liked it. I liked it a lot. I just <laughs> wanted I wanted more. <laughs> I um, uh, I didn't know anything about this this situation that it was lifted from the EPs and I, that is really disappointing, isn't it? I mean I I remember um this Welsh band Joy Formidable, do you remember them? Uh, still yeah, around, yeah, actually. They, they did. They did an album after they'd released an EP, and it was basically only half an album. It was the whole EP again, which I thought was was a pity, really. I know they have to get the distribution and the major label kind of, or, or the label to push them more assertively with a, with a whole project like that. But it seems still like it's, it's missing a trick, really, to have an opportunity to write loads of new stuff and to put in loads of older stuff. I mean, if you say figures is two thousand seventeen. Um, that seems like we're not got the newest, you know, the best stuff she could potentially deliver now. If she's presumably improving, you know. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so for me, um, I, I did enjoy this in general, um, and uh, but I, I don't have a chance to say it, it came across as very. It's funny you say about her being quite abrasive. It came across quite smooth and digestible to me in lots of places. Um, in fact, I, I, there were some songs that reminded me of Laura Karna a little bit. I don't know if you really mm. recognise that at all. Um, for example, Intruders, uh, I think, that you mentioned. I can Fran, see that, yeah. I can see that. That Laura Karna tone to it. Yeah. Um, and I think her vocals are, you know, very strong. Um, no question she, she, you know, she can carry a lot of musical stuff through that, through that tone. I thought possibly the strongest vocals were actually on Coffin, which is another one you had mentioned, uh, Fran. Um, I will say I thought the feature, Eminem's feature, was pretty forgettable on it, really. And I know, yeah. I know, we're not, we have different opinions on Eminem in general. But I was trying. Oh, to mate, I don't, I don't think Eminem should be making music anymore. That's never. Oh, okay. I, I love early Eminem. I, I, I think actually, to be fair, a couple of his more recent singles have been decent. But um, the last time I enjoyed an Eminem album was well over. 15 years ago okay so. <laughs> did you did you know she featured on his album his last one no I've not checked out that album and actually I've heard good things about that so I might spend some time with uh, with that at some point but I think she's on probably the worst tracks okay <laughs> <laughs> of a great selection I'm sure uh, yeah I just thought that anyway I thought that the coffin was unfortunate because I, I thought she had the best vocals on the album in that track and then his feature was again pretty flat and, and forgettable so you know uh, I like figures as well so I mean I, it was very consistent um, for most of the album but just again sort of slid past me slightly it didn't really go for the throat really so in that sense it, I, I suppose that's the genre to some extent it's quite 
it was quite chilled in a way. I can I really imagine you dancing around in your kitchen to dope, though. I can just I can see you getting <laughs> yeah. right into that. Yeah, that absolutely happened. I, I guarantee. Yeah. Guarantee. Uh, yeah, so you I hated got... that song, didn't you? You must have hated Dope. Yeah, that was the least good song on the album. <laughs> yes, you are right. You, you did call it on that one. Yeah, well done. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I haven't got tons more to say about it. I, I felt like it was it was decent, solid. Um, if I had been a fan, though, I would have been more frustrated than Matt evidently is about the fact that she'd released it before because it's. I wanted to carry carry through a whole new concept, really. But anyway, that's that's that. So. Um, Shall we talk about uh, which we got? We got three left, haven't we? What about yeah. Yeah. talking about uh, our uh, favourite of the remaining ones? Uh, maybe Who are you asking? I'm asking mm. Matt. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm just gonna go with Brooke Bentham. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if it's my favourite, but I'm gonna pick it because um, if I had the tone question. <laughs> um, this is what I would have picked um, there's specifically one song in this album that really really grabbed me on my first listen um, and that was Blue Light oh, um, yeah. I think the the, ba- the bass in it is fantastic uh, it just kind of it comes in, it wanders around but it's ever present and really ties the whole song together um, and it really allows the guitar to just drift in and out of the the song um, without you losing like track of what's going on. And it really reminded me of like Fleetwood Mac and the kind of the strength of the bass and the, the, the way that the guitars came in and out. And then the vocals were also coming in and out in a very, she sounds similar at times to, um, Oh God, I'm blanking. Somebody <laughs> else. Somebody else who's very good. Stevie Nicks. Uh, Stevie Nicks, yeah. Stevie Nicks. Um, yeah. So, and then generally the the album, I liked. I think the biggest inhibition to me loving this album is for it as an album sounds like perfect uh, walking or traveling music for me mm. um, to put my headphones on and commute to or something like that. <laughs> and unfortunately, I haven't been able to oh, go now anywhere. We all, now we all burst into tears when you raise that possibility. <laughs> Um, and so, so I I think that really um, prevented me from like kind of liking the album to uh, really liking it a lot more. And so I'll, I'll put this in my back pocket and I'll, I'll listen to it in six months from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I I think the, the the main drawback for for it really grabbing me is just there's a few songs that just are a bit too plodding. Um, especially as the album got deeper and deeper it just uh kind of i think i think because it's also on the same playlist as um porridge radio they almost overlap in styles it's shoegazy at times um it just isn't as accessible um and i think it's done a disservice because of that I mean, they're nothing like each other, but... I'll, I'll go next here before Frank can jump in and slay you about that opinion. Because I, uh, to me, this album, um, this is what Porridge Radio wanted to be, I feel like. There is an overlap as far as I'm concerned, Matt, you're right. Um, yeah. And I think Porridge Radio's uh, attempts are much better executed in, in the Brook Benton album. The, the sort of lush arrangements of, of kind of guitar tracks, it's, it's a very guitar, pretty guitar-heavy album. Um, sort of feels like they are staples in guitar terms, though they're not like incredibly radical. 
Um, but I think they I think they work well. I think um, I particularly I think my favorite track on the album was Keep It Near, uh, probably. Uh, and again, I, I, it was didn't totally blow me away. It wasn't like I'm, I'm this is my albums of the year and, and top albums of the year or anything. But I think it was no. it was very uh, very solid and very uh, engaging. But I think actually it kept ringing bells to me, and I couldn't work out what it was for a long time. What album it sounded like, or what band it sounded like, and actually I think it sounds quite a lot like Belly. I don't know if either of you are familiar with Belly. Um, no. Tanya Donnelly's album, a band she formed after Breeders. Um, there from the mid nineties, okay. uh, and this is a very nineties sound to me. This is what I mean about the guitar staples. It sounded a little bit dated in a way. I know that's sort of come around now to be cool again, um, but so it sounded a little bit sort of. I, I don't know if I'll come back to this album a hell of a lot, but it definitely made me intrigued to go back to Belly's album, <laughs> which I used to love <laughs> in the mid nineties, called Star, which is their first album. So, um, so yeah, it kind of drove an interesting conversation in my mind for a while there um and i and i do think i did enjoy it but i i don't know if i'll rush to come back to it uh you know whenever i i'm looking for a new album again so so yeah fran what do you reckon interesting um okay yeah so for a while um i didn't really feel like this album stood out particularly um felt like it was good but but nothing more than that like it was okay um and i feel like it's partly because it's very much a part of a genre that has emerged or maybe re-emerged over the last few years which is a sort of sad female singer-songwriter with a slightly grungy influence um i think we've covered the likes of soccer mummy and uh jason who i think fit into a similar category and another big example that i can think of is snail mail um so i think it takes a little something to stand out in this quite crowded genre at the minute um and while a lot of my favorite Musicians tend to be solo female performers. <clears throat> I'm not entirely married to this particular subset of that. I'm not big on Soccer Mummy or Jason's okay and Snail Mail. I just didn't get really. But interesting what you just said, Matt, about um, this being a bit of an album for traveling to, because this album really clicked for me one morning when I was out for a really sunny morning walk during the lockdown. Um, and I think it, it kind of rose above those other albums that I've just mentioned for me. I think it had a few things that, that make it stand out a bit more. I think one is her voice. I don't think it's immediately attention grabbing, but I think it's a really measured um, vocal performance. And I think it doesn't have that whiny element that some of the other singers I mentioned have. Um, yeah. And now that you've said about Porridge Radio, I hadn't thought about it, but I'm just looking at my notes. And actually one of the things I'd said is that she, she has a real knack for building a song and sucking you in more as she ramps it up um, throughout the song which is a similar thing, I think, to Porridge Radio. I think Perform For You is the best example of that. I think it starts really quietly and she's almost speaking, but then it has a real crescendo, and by the end of the song, her voice is really soaring. Um, and interestingly, Matt talking about the bass tone on um, Blue Light, I'm now going to talk about the lyrics, which proves that you got the questions wrong <laughs> at the start, it. No, it proves uh, I got them right. It proves I got them right. Come on. Because Blue Light's my favourite song here. Um, I think lyrically it's incredible throughout, but I think... The first verse is just really captivating and involving. So it says, think I'll go somewhere else where I can't see it. You brush your teeth more than me. I feel so ashamed. But how can you be so rude about it? I feel it come inside me like a, like a blue light turning on. And I think it shows that real storyteller knack, actually, for sort of leaving things unsaid. I'm not sure it's really. better than I'm not sure it's better than thank you for making me happy, though. <laughs> That's pretty profound. Come it's on. a very different very different aim that she's going for really isn't it um 
it's a very different that's why it's a very different album because it, there is a completely different aim I think but the story the storytelling is great and I think she really pulls you in and, and after this album clicked with me I couldn't really figure out why I hadn't been into it straight away I think maybe I'd lumped it into this genre that I'm not that into and made assumptions about it but in the end I was yeah it's another one that I was a a really big fan of so that's three out of three so far on this playlist okay, that's um, good that's unbelievable yeah, impact, isn't it? yeah never had that before i don't think have we wow <laughs> no i've um, got to go back a while before yeah there's that many albums i've liked at the start of a playlist but yeah, yeah it's yeah, good yeah. okay so we've got two left i think i'll maybe i'll go first this time uh i'm trying to say, cool. let's go with neil young shall we the classic harvest um okay. that's one of his 800 albums he's got out <laughs> so um <laughs> All in all, I really enjoyed this, and I think uh, it would be fairly easy to say it was the, it's the best of the classics we've done for, for to my taste. And I was quite wow. surprised by that because initially I thought um, I thought I've heard his voice, and I've obviously I've heard Neil Young before. I've heard his voice before. I've never been a fan. I've always found it kind of grating, um, and I, I just sort of found it to be. I felt I had found it to be quite middle of the road. Actually, I think it's got some really interesting stuff going on and some real subtlety to it. Um, and it's also uh, on a kind of tolerable cusp between country and folk. Uh, folk, which I really like and incre- like increasingly. Country, which I've never liked and always try and keep away from me at all times if possible. Um, <laughs> so it's on the tolerable cusp between those two things. Um, and his voice has kind of won me over over time. Um, it seems beautifully kind of pained in a sort of in a pathetic way i mean like genuine pathos um singing about the the deaths drug deaths and his father's role in his life and these kind of things um so i i actually i thought it really carried along well um this is also going to be the case because I'm terrified of Jill's opinion, my wife's opinion if I don't say I love this album because she's <laughs> one of my favorite eyes so she'll kill me um my uh probably my favorite moment was on needle and damage done um there's a there's a drop a melodic drop as he sings the actual damage done part as like an aside da, 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 and it just drops down it it's so it's so beautifully done it really really carries the song through so uh yeah so i i i loved it i, I really loved it i thought I'm your really favorite surprised. classic we've ever done i don't know it's up there it's definitely up there yeah. i'm trying to think what else is, would be close that i've i've liked biggie, biggie. Yeah, I think I like it on the biggie. It's a tough comparison, isn't it? Really biggie and Neil. Yeah, Young, it's a little bit of a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's me on Neil Young. I think that's all I, all I wanted to say about that. Uh, who wants to go, Matt? Uh, Fran. 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 Okay. Um, well, I'm kind of flabbergasted that you like it so much. I thought you'd hate it. <laughs> um, that's my main opinion right now. Uh, personally, I was really excited for this because I know a lot of people who love Neil Young. I know people who've got similar taste to me really like him. Um, this sounds bad. I've, I've got to say, this sounds like, like it's going to go bad. Well, <laughs> but... to be honest, to be honest, in the end, I just thought it was okay. Like, it was nothing mind blowing, um, but it was it was listenable. I mean, there's some real highlights. There's two real highlights, um, but they were songs I already knew. Um, the needle and the damage done, which you've just mentioned, is is great. It's a fantastic song. Um, I liked Heart of Gold. Um, but there's also times on this album, and I'm particularly thinking of A Man Needs a Maid, <laughs> when yeah. I, I wanted to throw my speaker out the window. Um, that song is terrible. Um, but I'd say most of the songs fall somewhere in between that, though. I think there's... Every, to be honest, I couldn't name another song other than those three off the top of my head, because 
they were very forgettable, I found. Um, so I think it's kind of very middle of the road, which is a term you used, Nick. That was the term that was right out of everything you said. Everything else you said was wrong. <laughs> um, apart from what you said about The Needle and the Damage Done, which is a really, really good song. But yeah, so it's it, nothing spectacular, but not terrible for me. Um, and I think it maybe suffered a little bit from being on a playlist, which I, I was quite into a lot of stuff. Um, so I never felt like going to this one. Quite disappointing, because I, I would have thought you'd have to concede there's an awful lot of folk music that's come out been rooted in, in this artist. Absolutely, right? which is why I was excited by it, really, because, um, you know, it's my genre in a lot of ways. But then, interestingly, I've just written an article for the website about about how... That, that idea of, you know, things that are recent not maybe being as good as, as the classics and do we need to compare them? I think, you know, sometimes the classics, they might influence people. It doesn't mean they're their best, does it? So um, for me, yeah, it just didn't do it for me, which I am I am disappointed because I, I wanted it to. But. Just to be just to be clear, you're saying you wrote an article for Picky Bees, PickyBees.com, yes, yes. the website, which we have as well, and it's fantastic. Yes, it? yeah. It's not okay. live yet, this article, so I mean, don't go just yeah, But that there's one, lots of but, other stuff well, that's great, yeah. so just wanted it, to mention It probably that. will be by the time the podcast uh-huh. comes out. Good point. Well, Good not, point. not unless Nick really drags his heels. <laughs> I might, though. I'm tempted. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Matt, go for it. What do you reckon? Um, so... I've heard of Neil Young, but I've never actually listened to any of his songs. I really? Think. Wow. Uh, never heard the Needle was impossible. Before. I'd never heard of, I never listened to the Needle one. Um, the and Needle one. <laughs> needle one. <laughs> listening, to, listening to the album, I've written no notes about it, and I don't have any idea which song you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it obviously, to me, in the context of the album, is pretty forgivable. Um, I. I was surprised about how whiny his voice was. I yeah. I was expecting some like macho, like country folk stuff that was maybe more akin to like I don't know Heart of Gold maybe, but beefier. Um, and instead we got <laughs> yeah a man needs a maid and a man needs a maid's horrible. <laughs> I that song frustrated me so much. I was just like, go and fucking cook yourself, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> It's, I just yeah I yeah we okay. yeah we've talked about um, I guess sexism in other genres and this was just like for fuck's sake what yeah, are you yeah, talking yeah. about man like <laughs> come on um, yeah I heard you write get, a song about that yeah getting beyond that though like there were some like I mentioned Heart of Gold I did quite like that I felt like that would be a perfect song to uh, it kind of epitomizes the idea of. Uh, getting a like a open top car and driving across America, the twanging guitars, everything about it just felt like this is road trip music. This is exploring in the Midwest or something. Um, that said, I just yeah, generally I think this album. I compare it to some of the you talked about the other classics we've covered. Yeah, compare it to some of the other American big hitters like uh, Springsteen, even Dolly Parton. And um, yeah. this, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, comes anywhere near. And, and I'll go as far as to say it's better than that bloody Bruce Springsteen album, but that's as far as I'll go. Uh, it's better than Bruce Springsteen. It's got some intimacy to it which you actually care about. Nothing in the Bruce Springsteen album I cared about at all. Not even the song uh, about racing cars. It was just, a, <laughs> it was just yeah. about it was just him shouting about shouting to forty thousand people at once. You know, it's just it meant uh, nothing to I, me personally. I see. I didn't. I don't think I really liked the Springsteen album that much either. I just. This, that, that, like this more. That, was, that was better. This, like, okay. it's, 
I'm pretty sure it's the worst album on this playlist and one of the worst classics we've done. Um, wow. Me. Okay. That's a real range of opinions on the really album, is. isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Wow. <laughs> Thankfully up. for you, Matt, you're in a different country from Jill because she would come and kick your ass if otherwise. So, yeah, she's, she's not happy yeah, with anyone to... on him. You've got to make sure she listens to this episode, then. I'll try and get her to, yeah. yeah. Um, she only finds us too bloody miserable to listen to, so, you know. Now at least I understand why you are pretending to like this album, Nick. Because <laughs> you don't like this album. There is no way you like this album. I actually do. I actually do. So we've got one left to go. Um, who wants to start on Childish Gambino? Should I start? I don't think I've started yet. Have I? Um, oh, I didn't. I'll start anyway. Yeah, go for um, it. Yeah. Okay, so I find this... I'll start because I find this quite a difficult album to speak about. Um, I wouldn't expect... Don't expect any great insights from me here, but... Um, what I'll say is after the first couple of listens, this album got pretty tired for me pretty quickly. Um, I've been looking forward to listening to an album from Donald Glover ever since This Is America. Um, that was the first musical thing of his that I spent any time with, and I, I loved it. It's just an amazing song. But nothing on this album comes even close to that. Um, I think he has a few good hooks here, and that's it really. The whole album kind of feels really, really throwaway. Um, he couldn't bother to name the tracks. He couldn't bother to name the album. <laughs> he couldn't bother to finish writing the songs other than the choruses, really. And I don't That's think artistic. he could even be bothered to actually get the album mixed properly. It's very <laughs> sort of tinny. Um, it's very underproduced. And there aren't actually many times on this album where I feel like he cares about anything, the music or anything else it just doesn't seem to care um and i don't know what any of the songs are about so for me it was a real disappointment in the end um i think at first i kind of tried to convince myself i liked it because i wanted to like it um i want i like him as a person and i think he's a good actor he's a funny comedian i love atlanta it's a fucking brilliant program but this album was by far the worst album on this list by by a long long way but, so, yeah. but Fran, which did you prefer out of 35-31 or 32-22? Oh, surely. God. Do you know what? I started to write down a couple of song titles. Like, well, this 1920 was not too bad. But then I thought, no, he doesn't care, so I don't care. He can fuck off. So I didn't. So, yeah, that's where I landed on. The only album on this playlist that I really disliked. Okay. Um, maybe I'll jump in, Matt, if that's all right. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, so I had also heard America... Uh, what's it called? Uh, this is America. This is America. And um, I thought it was really good and, and obviously an amazing piece of art with the video for mm. it as well. Um, although, uh, this this will piss off Fran, I think, but I, I felt like it was a very watered-down version of clipping in terms of its musical sort of synths and the kind of crazy builds and the crazy kind of distortion sounds and stuff. So in that, sense, I was, in that sense, I was quite excited to hear this album as well, like Fran had been. Um and at the opening, the 0. 0.00, um, it was it was quite an interesting sort of open, sort of creating some sort of breathing room for the album, which I thought was, was quite uh, ambitious and gave the impression that it was going to be a really big album. Um, and, I, and I mentioned as well that I would kind of got the impression that this was going to be a pop album, partly because it's got things like features of Ariana Grande's on it. Uh, and I had assumed, I'm thinking more and more, like we talked about in past episodes about why I've got a problem with pop. And I think if mm. if... if 
there's something that I think pop should have and needs to have. It's really interesting hooks, like really memorable, uh, addictive earworm hooks. Uh, but as you get into this album further, I think you discover that that's not really there. Um, our algorithm, for example, is melodically, I thought, pretty weak. It, it felt, I sort of felt it fell flat to me, basically, uh, as, a, as an opening proper song after this kind of synthy, dreamy opening 0.00. Um, then after that, we got the Ariana Grande feature on um, Time, which uh, is also pretty forgettable, I think. I, mean, I, I didn't I even be, notice that, to be honest. I would be, pretty, <laughs> I'd be pretty surprised um, if people could were sort of humming along to that one as they go through it. It just seemed to drift yeah. right past you. Um, so yeah, so and then I think he carried on in that vein. There's a lot of a lot of kind of things thrown around. Not I don't think it was that well developed. I don't know about production wise, but in terms of creation of the music, um, but I, I didn't think that any of it uh, sort of stuck with me in, in an addictive way. And I, I, again, I was trying my best to listen to it in the way that I think it was intended to be listened to in terms of as a pop album. Um, but even then, I don't think it really carried very far. So I was I was pretty disappointed to be honest. Okay, Matt, what's cool. Um Yeah, so, uh, like everyone, I was excited for this album to come out. Um, <laughs> um, but more from, I've I've been a fan of his work for a while. Um, yeah, this, uh, all of his uh, previous albums, um, specifically uh, Awaken My Love, his last album, which was uh, sensational, and I urge everyone to go listen to that um, instead of this album, because I was <laughs> pretty... <laughs> pretty disappointed it's i think i was ex- like specifically when you talk about how it started i i, I thought i was when it the album started i thought we were going to get this like really heady kind of hip-hop album it's some more interesting kind of expansive soundscapes and things like that and i think it just gave way to a bit of a, a mess and i think he's really trying to do something and he is always trying to do something and it's not it's definitely not a home run um with this i think uh i think at at times he his uh worst criticism for his especially his older albums were was that he was like a light version of kanye um and i can actually see some of his weird experimentalism and weird just throwing shit at the wall Mm. In the middle of this, in the middle and towards the the later end of this album, it does sound a lot like some of Kanye's more recent projects. I did hear um, someone just... say it was like a bad version of, um, and I've not listened to my beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy or whatever it's called, but I, he- I have heard that comparison made quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and there's other songs like, uh, I think the the really uh, abrasive one, 3222, um, <laughs> that sticks out to you guys. Title. <laughs> um that one reminds me of uh black skinhead um uh from i forget which album that's from um from like eight years ago roughly mm. um and then to be to be fair as well he also includes one of the songs from his uh that he released last summer as well as part yeah, of the change the title of- right Took yeah, away the actual the name of the song and put a fucking number instead. <laughs> yeah, so that feels like summer, which was like one of the yeah, like a fantastic pairing to "This Is America." It was already a great song. It's already out there. It's already found its audience. It doesn't need to be bedded in to this where it doesn't fit. Mm. Which the kind of I think the 
overall tone of this is a bit of a hot mess. <laughs> so actually having a, a good song on it really confused me. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I would say again, everyone should go, you could go, go to Spotify, listen to maybe his top five songs that aren't on this album and then listen to the whole of Awaken My Love, um, okay. which is completely different. It's a different genre. And how recent is that? Album? It's, it's from four years ago, I okay, think, okay. three or four. Right. It's it's uh, it's one of the albums I'm going to buy on record because it's that good. Um, oh. It's on my it's on my list. Okay, not bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so I think that's all the five. Um, what do we think before I get into the why I love stuff about this playlist? It sounds like we've done pretty positive thoughts from Fran's point of view, at least. Yeah, fair? it was a yeah. good playlist for me. Um, yeah, three albums that I really liked a lot. Um, and I'd say they all switched places at times as my favourite on the list. Um, the Jesse Reyes, the Brooke Bentham and the Porridge Radio. Um, I think I, I ended up with the Jesse Reyes just because that I always enjoyed that. Um, the other two I maybe had to be in the right mood for. Um, but yeah, really good playlist. I mean, I, I could live without ever hearing um, Neil Young again. Um, you're not going to manage that, are you? To be honest, he's everywhere. So no, I'd have to stop watching all American well, television, Munter. So um, I've I've made it this far. You've definitely <laughs> heard songs by him, mate, and you've There's definitely no heard the needle on the damage done. There's no way in the world you've not heard him. I mean, so Hot Gold's on like every Margarine advert that's ever existed, basically. So you've definitely heard that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then Charles Gambino just could could have been lifted away from this, then I would have been happier. But it was a good playlist. All right, Matt. What did you think of the playlist overall? Uh, I think this is probably the playlist I've been most excited about for a very long time. And because of that reason, um, I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> and I think <laughs> the uh, the albums I did like, I only liked. I, there's nothing really um, has stuck with me and it's going to be added to my, my permanent rotation of albums. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah I, would, I, would agree, I would agree with that. Nothing's going to be out on my permanent rotation, although it won't matter because Neil Young is on Jill's permanent rotation anyway around the house. So <laughs> I'll be hearing it all the time. What just, I'm interested before. in what Jill thinks of um, A Man Needs a Maid because, you know... I haven't asked her that specific question. Can, can you can ask her and, and get back to us, please? I'll report uh, back on yeah. that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. yeah, I think she probably won't be that cool with it, but yeah, yeah. my guess. But yeah, as a general thing, I think she's really into him. Yeah, she is really into him. Okay, so uh, may I introduce the horrors then? While you I'm may. The horrors, yes. Okay, so um, I put a playlist together um, and I put it through with some representation from all the five albums. Um, you will probably notice that there's a lot more tracks from some of the albums than others, which I'll get more back to in a minute. But um, I just wanted to make sure we had some kind of narrative across the whole of the, the horrors sort of discography. Um, I'll give you some context first of all. I heard about them when I heard about them being shortlisted for Mercury, and this might have been seven years ago or something like that, um, seven or eight years ago, for Primary Colours. Um, so I was always a massive Mercury fan, as everyone knows, so I was always keen to sort of check anything out that was on that list. And then I discovered it was produced, co-produced by Jeff Barrow of Portishead, um, which made an even more exciting proposition. So you know, I was really, really looking forward to, to, to being sort of wowed by this album. When I actually heard the album the first time, though, um, I was on I was actually driving on the motorway uh, from Heathrow to Bristol, uh, having flown all night from the US to, mm. to Britain and had absolutely no sleep at all. Uh, and I was completely dizzy with exhaustion um, and <laughs> sort of trying to hold it together. 
Um, and despite that, though, the album's sort of twists and turns and the kind of violent undertones that it kind of carries through a lot of it sort of managed to keep me awake for a couple, I think maybe two or three complete run-throughs of the album. So I was really, really um, compelled almost immediately by it, and I, I've sort of stuck with them since then. Um, I, I can give you a few things that I specifically love about them. Um, I love how they build songs from the lowest frequencies to the highest. Um, they carry a lot of songs on the bass parts uh, and on the kick drums and not as much on the guitars. So structurally, the guitars in some of the tracks could actually be removed and the songs would still be able to sort of move forward, which I, I always found really fascinating. Uh, it's something that, that are, they're not the first band in history to do that, but I think they do it really, really well. Um, so yeah, the bass tone and the, the kick drums that really mix well all the way through all their projects, even the, the first one, which was done, I think, on a very small budget, the, the Strange House album. Um, I really love the fact that they care about tone so much. And this is where the guitar does come back in because the guitarist acts as somebody who just dresses the songs in unbelievably interesting like distortion and delay effects and various different kinds of odd, odd uh, sort of twists and turns. So I think that really makes for a fascinating proposition. A, a song that's driving all the way through on the base of the bass parts but then has this, uh, this kind of interesting... Uh, twists and twirls of guitar dressing at the top of it, which I, I love that as well. I also love um, the kind of the weirdly I can only describe it as sort of a sickly dark mix of of sort of sawtooth guitars on one side and then dreamy synths as well because they do have a synth player as well in the band. It's a five piece band, um, and a lot of the distortion is on the synth side, but a lot of it is often also very clean actually and sits with the ne right next to these guitars very kind of abruptly and i find that a really interesting mix of, of uh sort of direction so that's really cool as well um i love how they've moved on a kind of journey um from punk and goth in the first couple of tracks you've seen from strange house um, particularly georgia pan which is uh, a really vicious song I think to be honest uh, that kind of punk goth aesthetic into much more synth pop and then back to sort of something that's sort of close to metal, shoegaze metal maybe mm -hmm. um, you still know it's them though all the way through because of the way they build these songs um, so they've changed directions in lots, at lots of points and but they've always kind of kept some consistency underlying that I think Whole New Way which is right in the middle of this playlist actually is the biggest turn in the way they've written stuff before that point uh, and then I think Whole New Way yeah Whole New Way was a single actually first um, separate from any of the albums and then after that Skying and Luminous the next two albums were much more sort of dreamy and uh, sort of delicate and uh, yeah sort of calmer almost in a, on a certain level before V then turned back again to something a bit more heavy and dark so they've gone on an interesting journey that I've been kind of fascinated to follow all the way through they've come almost not a full circle but V is 5 is very like uh, Strange House much more so than Luminous is for example the one before it uh, and I find that really interesting as well um, I wouldn't say that they're the discography is even, which is why I mentioned at the start, there are five songs from Primary Colors, only one from Luminous, Jealous Sun, which is a great track, but certainly it doesn't, doesn't imply, I think, correctly, that they, they sort of went lost their way a little bit at some of the points when they went to the sort of more synth-pop areas. And then they've kind of come back with, with V, which I think is uh, a really excellent album. It's kind of the, well, possibly their best after, after Primary Colors. So, um, I mean, even, even though I will say that Jealous Sun is, is an, a fantastic track, that the, the weight of the sound of that distortion when it comes in on the opening of Jealous Sun is 
uh, I mean, it, it almost slows down under its own weight. That's the impression I get. It kind of can't keep up the pace of the song because it's so heavy. So I love that kind of mix of tones. So, yeah, um, I think that's most of what I wanted to say. They're, they're, they're really um, a fascinating band. Oh, I will say one more thing is vocally, um, I think uh, he, the kind of scrawl that he sings a lot of times, particularly on George Japan is a great example. Uh, New Ice Age is another one uh, where he kind of... Uh, screams through songs in a way that's that's works like the guitars it cuts through a lot of the tune the rest of the tune and yet as i said before the bass still carries the melody all the way through so the song doesn't fall apart at any point um but it still has those jagged edges which i i love that that sort of dichotomy so mm-hmm. so yeah that's me so what does anyone want to say about that anyone got any thoughts about that playlist hope you hope you enjoyed it either of you maybe we'll go with matt first um, maybe yeah, I, I'd, I think a good time for me to jump in because I am also a massive fan of The Horrors. Um, they've actually, they're one of my favourite bands and have been on my wow. long list of bands to cover for this segment. Ah, so, too late, too late. Yeah, so you beat me to it. Um, and I, I really like the way you put it together. Um, it's interesting listening to this after uh, last last time out when we did Metronomy because they've been around at this kind of the same time and the way you put the playlist together um to kind of show the evolution of music style is very similar to the way i approach metronomy right um and i as with metronomy i've pretty much loved all the stages the the early the first album where it's melodramatic it's mad um it's feels like it could almost be novelty but it's not um, yeah it's like i was gonna say it's like a, it's like a kind of a fairground ride almost you know it's like a kind of yeah, insane yeah. terrifying nighttime this... fairground ride <laughs> yeah like i remember yeah like when you watch a kid's program and they yeah. go to the fairground and there's a ter- <laughs> terrifying uh, person running the ride and they have yeah. distorted somebody's like, tripping uh, while they're video. doing it or something yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's totally like that um but then i feel like they they grow so much and they give way to this much more atmospheric uh genuine um real music that um i think is just it's fantastic um i primary colors is probably their best album but um and it yeah there's i think you touched on it there's obvious influences and they are big uh post-punk essentially band mm-hmm. so i think one was um i can't control myself could be essentially a joy division song mm-hmm. yeah there's the a way lot of joy the, the drums yeah. are um, but I'm I'm not fussed by that. Um, um, but for for me, it's, uh, still life is maybe my f- it's one in my top 100 songs of all time. Really? I'd say. Wow. And um, I love that song. I still remember exactly uh, listening to it for the first time. I was in lab at in America, um, and listening to Zane Lowe, and he played it like two two or three times in a row okay because he 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 was so into it and then i went straight onto youtube uh as soon as it was out and then i just listened that was my soundtrack for months wow and because it was just it's just yeah it's so beautiful so calming so big uh, and small at the same time it's yeah yeah. Um, so yeah yeah it feels yeah it feels intimate but massive um so yeah. I love the horrors. Um, it's by far the saving grace of this playlist. <laughs> okay. Glad to hear it. So Fran, how about it? Okay. Um, 
like the Neil Young, this is something I've been looking forward to listening to for quite a long time, really. I'm glad you did them because I, I don't know them very well. I've heard a few songs. Um, you've spoken about them a lot and several times you've played videos to me of, of their live performances and I've always found them really interesting. Um, and I'm really glad that you did a playlist rather than the album. Um, I think it helped me to get an idea of them as a, as a, you know, as their total career, which was interesting. Um, and I enjoyed a lot of the playlist, but listening to you talk just now, um, what's the first album called again? It's called uh, Strange House. So yes, yeah, Strange House and then Five. Um, I thought it was weird that I didn't really like the stuff at the start of the playlist and I didn't really like the stuff at the end of the playlist. But actually, from what you've just said, I suppose that makes sense because if they are kind of going back to what they started with, that I didn't, I didn't love that stuff. Um, Interesting. But I liked a lot of this playlist, but if I'm being totally honest, when I was listening to it, there were really three songs on the playlist that I was always really looking forward to and wanting to get to. And those three songs were Who Can Say, Scarlet Fields and Whole New Way. Um, I think all three of those songs are absolutely exceptional. Scarlet Fields was probably my favourite song of that year that it came out, whenever it was. It's an amazing song. It's amazing. I love all three of those songs. But for me they kind of soared way, way above anything else on the list. Um, you like the clean, dry drums then, don't you, I think? All those three have really clean, dry drums. Yeah, and I think that's into, into the other point that I kind of want to make about them. Um, the the associations, we've just, we've just mentioned Joy Division, and as we mentioned, nearly every episode of some band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think um, this, this thing about, is it derivative, does that matter... Do I care? I don't know if I care, but it did feel very... The songs that I loved did feel very Joy Division. Mm. Um, and I obviously love Joy Division. Um, and I find that when I love something, like, for example, I love that Murder Capital album, um, When I Have Fears, and I think in some ways it's very derivative, but I love it, so I don't give a shit that it's derivative. But when I don't totally love something, I, I notice that more. So mm. when I didn't love all of this... Um, I liked all of it, apart from the first couple of songs. Um, I did wonder about whether that derivative thing matters and whether it annoys me a little bit. But um, yeah, so I'm not totally, totally in love with them. I think what I will do is go away and listen to Primary Colours because I think two of the songs I really liked were on Primary Colours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who Can Say and Scarlet Fields, right? They're both on the same album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll go away and listen to that album because even though I'm glad you to play this often, it is an album that I really connect to. Yeah. So maybe I'll listen to that album and see see where I come from there. But um, and I'm but yeah, I'm sh- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean that's it really. I I I, I liked a lot of it, um, but I didn't. It's not like I fell in love and wanted to go away and listen to them exclusively, sort of thing. I'm not shocked songs, in, a, in a sense. Famous. I'm not. I'm not shocked in a sense. I feel like um, that those first songs and some of them V stuff are. Um, very uh, angular and, ag- and abrasive in certain ways that mm. I, I get the impression you're not generally that into, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Counting Fives is, you know, is, is just a nasty song in, 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 for my mind, the best possible way. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's, yeah. I can see how that doesn't, doesn't gel sometimes, you know? So, and I, but I do think it's interesting that, co- that connection, I'm just thinking about it out loud, really, that the V and Strange House have some similarities. I mean, I think V, v is a more ornate album and is, has more, um, kind of layering and more mm. it's more lush in a certain way um whereas Karen, whereas strange house sorry is is uh, smaller in scale but i do think you're right they're both heavier uh, darker than the other ones certainly than the skying which is which is uh, in general a very dreamy kind of synth led album mm. so you know that's i think i prefer the stuff on five to the stuff on um 
Strange which House. The name I keep forget, forgetting the name of, but yeah, Strange I think House, yeah. I see. Obviously, they developed more as a band, and I, but I didn't, I didn't yeah. love the stuff on Five. It was, it wouldn't be something I'd rush to listen to. Right, right, right. I, yeah, I would say Five is is up there with Primary Colour. Primary Colour is a better album, but there's not a hell of a lot in it to be honest. I mean, I think Ghost is got some incredible tones which I, I you know i'm obsessed with that so yeah mm. great okay uh i think that's that then uh thanks for, cool. thanks for your feedback about it so um next time will be uh matt's turn to host um so i will say now i will be doing eob's earth uh, and the strokes the new abnormal fran um, so I'll be doing Fiona Apple's album Fetch the Bolt Cutters um, which got a perfect 10 in Pitchfork so that's interesting um, and I'll be doing Rina Sawayama with her self-titled album um, I think it's self-titled Sawayama it's called so yes it is they're my two cool and so for the classic we're going to be doing Yoko Ono and with her album Plastic Ono Band and then I'm going to be talking about Jay-Z and specifically we're going to be focusing on the blueprint. Okay, great. Um, so please follow all the social media, which Fran will now tell us what it is. Please, Fran. Uh, so it's um, <laughs> Twitter, we're on at Picky Bastards, capital B, capital B. Um, Facebook, we are at The Picky Bastards. And I will say one more time, we are not the bluegrass band called The Picky Bastards, so don't follow yeah. them. Maybe follow them as well. I don't no, know don't about them. Really don't. But, Bluegrass yeah, they, no. they stole our Facebook um, handle, so we have to be the picky bastards on Facebook. Right. Outrageous. Uh, mm. So we are also um, in the midst of getting near the end of a big tournament. I don't know if you want to say anything about that, Fran. It's on, on social. Yeah, so might, the, might be finishing they, up I mean, before we get this out, I suppose. Yeah, but there'll be I other ones say coming. by the time this podcast um, finishes, we will, uh, we will know what the best debut album of all time is. The quarterfinals are running today, and we've got... Um, Twilight Set against Arcade, Arcade Fire and um, The Streets against Pixies. There's Joy Division, Portishead, Massive Attack and LCD Sound System to come. It's been a big tournament. It's been great. Yeah, there's been a lot of good albums. Yeah, and we'll be doing more of those the in the future. We, this is the second one of these we've done now. I'm sure there'll be more yeah. coming down the line. So I've got a couple of ideas, which I'm, yeah. I'll probably tell you about yeah. now. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of, lots of fun stuff on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Great then. And again, our website is pickybs.com. Uh, that's that I think so I will see everyone later thanks a lot see you later people bye bye